Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. I know that in the past few weeks, there's only one topic that people really have been thinking about, been worried about, concerned about, and that is your chicken salad on a bagel journey. And I just wanted to check in and see where we're at on that journey. Yeah, I may have found the best one, uh, at least since I've moved to Brooklyn. Wow. Because today I was, I was wildly hungover this morning from <laughs> one drink that I made last night during my <laughs> live show. Thank you. Shout out to everybody who who came to that. There were a lot Yay. of Unhappy Hour fans. And I had, um, I mixed like whiskey and Fireball and Red Bull. And mm. uh, there's a lot of stuff in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had one of those. And um, I was very hungover. And nothing hits harder than a, a, a bagel sandwich when you're hungover. So uh, you I found a place, I think it's called the Ye Old Bagel Shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is it shop with two Ps? Two Ps and an E. Love so that. you know yes. they are selling the good stuff. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't horrible. So that is my new bar. I will say I've had a week, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody has had weeks. I got kicked out of Starbucks earlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was going. I what was, are you in I, seventh grade? <laughs> yeah, I needed to buy wine. I actually needed it for a recipe. I know everybody hates me. Sorry. Uh, and I needed just a when you thought he wasn't going to bring up baking or cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and I left my apartment just as it started to like blizzard outside. Turns out there was no liquor store open. Uh, but I was like, it was like ten minutes to noon, and the one place opened at noon. So I was like, okay, I'll go to Starbucks and kill ten minutes. And for the first time in fucking ever, Starbucks had my order ready, like, immediately. Normally, I have to wait for 15 minutes. So I was sort of, like, waiting, like, looking out at the blizzard, like, Mm -hmm. I just, I can't, I'm not ready to go out there yet. I wasn't, like, sat down anywhere. I was waiting. And then she had the nerve to, because she knew my name, because it was a mobile order. So she was like, Matthew, you got everything? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And she was like, okay, well, you, you know it's grab and go, so... That's how she said it. <laughs> wow. You already grabbed and, like, and now you need to what? Go. It was just the way she didn't say it to Claire. She was just, you know, you you yeah. know, it's grab and go. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yep. Okay. Anyway, we can move on. How is your week? 
Um, you know, my week, unfortunately for everyone, is actually really good. Um, I'm fully wow. cosplaying uh, Louisa May Alcott, 1800s New England winter vibes right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. I am at my partner Alex's family's lake house in New Hampshire. The lake is frozen over. We did pretend to ice skate on it, which I mean... We did not wear ice skates. I just wore my boots and like twirled around on the frozen lake. I went sledding. I made hot chocolate, literally tending a fire. That's how I'm doing. Well, glad I'm glad your week is going well when mine isn't. So I know, I'm glad I you know. can rub that in. <laughs> anyway, I think we should get into today's episode. Because coming up today, we're going to kick things off as always with Horse Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into your inbox. Because somehow, we've done over 150 goddamn episodes and have never explicitly complained about emailing. That is a crime. And we're here to circle back and fix that crime. Yes. And finally, finally, we've got comedy queen Margaret Cho on the pod. Icon Margaret Cho. She has been on our list of dream guests since the day we started this podcast. We're so excited to have such an iconic comedian, actress, writer, musician, advocate, entrepreneur, artist, unhappy hour complainer. We're so excited to have her. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a woman in Alaska was staying at a yurt in the wilderness. Mistake Mm -hmm. number one. (laughs) There is honestly so much in that sentence already that upsets me. Alaska, (gasps) yurts, wilderness. (laughs) Isn't all of Alaska the wilderness? Like, what is not wilderness in Alaska? I don't know. Juneau? Anchorage? I still don't think that counts. I mean, no shade to Alaska. You know, that is their thing. I want to go so badly. Well, not after this story. (laughs) Because (laughs) this woman, okay, her and her brother and his girlfriend all went out in the wilderness for a little vacay to stay at a yurt. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm. walks outside to use the outhouse because you can't shit in a yurt. Okay? (laughs) It's basically just a fancy tent. It's a fancy round tent. It's elevated from the ground. What's the difference between a yurt and glamping? Or do you glamp in a yurt? I mean, I think typically a yurt is used for glamping. Mm, okay. But you don't have to glamp in a yurt. Got it. Thank you. Uh, I don't I don't know if they were glamping. Doesn't sound like it because she went into this outhouse. She said that she sat down on the toilet and then something immediately bit her on the butt right as she sat down. Her brother came running out because he heard her screaming and they initially thought that it was like a squirrel or a mink, something small. But when they opened the toilet seat, there was a bear (laughs) staring back at them. A bear. A fucking whole ass bear. I have so many questions. Same. Was Was it hibernating in there? Perhaps it was. Unclear. Okay, so the brother said... I open the toilet seat and there's just a bear face just right there at the level of the toilet seat. Just looking right back up through the hole right at me. (laughs) So he said he shut the lid as fast as I could. I said, there's a bear down there. We got to get out of here now. And we ran back to the yurt as fast as we could. (laughs) Oh, my God. So as far as I can know, because at first I was like, okay, is this one of those outhouses that's really just like an open hole in front of like in front of a river? Yeah. And she just, like, didn't see through. No, I'm pretty sure this was, like, an indoor structure. And the bear had, had managed to get into the structure and then into the, 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 the shit receptacle. Why? Why would you want to be there unless, I'm so sorry to do this, you are hiding from the SS officers. Because the only thing that this okay. image makes me think of is the scene from Schindler's List. And I, I say that as the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor. These images haunt me sure, sure. daily. Um, and that, why why is the bear there? Right. I love when we invoke the Holocaust. I'm sorry. <laughs> first. I'm so sorry, but that is the first thing that this made me think of. 
because that's the only other like time I can think in media, you know, which is where I get all of my references and my life force is from entertainment. And I can't think of any other time that someone was just hiding in an inside the toilet of an outhouse besides that scene. Yeah, I really don't understand like why a bear would have you have so many other choices for for where you could hide or where you go to sleep. And uh, just, you know, I think bears famously have a very powerful sense of smell. Yes, I would say so. Unless that was the cleanest outhouse ever. Or it was one nasty bear. Uh, in Alaska, things just smell different. It's so cold. You take a shit. It's just going to go. There's no odor. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I guess the wound wasn't that bad. The brother and sister, they were able to fix it up. And the next morning, uh, they found bear tracks all over the property. Didn't see a bear anymore. They figured the bear got inside the outhouse through an opening at the bottom of the back door. That's why it, it makes it seem like maybe these were just like outhouse, like an outhouse structure. Because initially I was just pic- picturing like the outhouse at the beginning of Shrek <laughs> where he bursts it open. Somebody uh-huh. once told me <laughs> the world is gonna roll me. Uh, oh, yeah. There was also a neighbor living about a half a mile away that sent him a photo showing a a black bear on her property a couple of days later. So they were like, mystery solved. It is a black bear. Um, That homeowner apparently tried yelling at the bear, but it didn't react. Um, It also didn't approach her, but lumbered about its business like it was in a walking hibernation mode, which I did not know was a mode of hibernation that bears could go into. Walking hibernation. That feels like the best phrase to describe our depression. (laughs) Exactly. That's how I feel all winter. That is what seasonal affective disorder is. It is is walking walking hibernation. hibernation. And it's because we literally evolutionarily should not be awake right now. My brain (laughs) says go to sleep. Uh, Oh, yeah. Also, the wildlife guy was like, I don't think you actually got bit. I think it just scratched you on the ass. So like kind of denying her experience and questioning, you know, typical (laughs) man just saying, oh, you had this moment. I don't think that's actually what it was. And it's like, (laughs) how about you talk to the bite marks on my asshole, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, man. Next, staff at the University of Michigan Library had to temporarily close the building after three venomous spiders were found in the basement storage area. No. Don't like this at all. The way that you feel about snakes is how I feel about spiders. I have an intense, intense fear of spiders, and I do not like thinking about them. Especially when they're venomous. Right. So venomous that a library was like, shut it down. We need to evacuate this place. (laughs) They did say, so according to a university spokeswoman, uh, the spiders were not in any public part of the library and that staff closed the building due to a misunderstanding and out of an abundance of caution. Which is it? (laughs) That was the statement. But those are contradictory uh, points, ma'am. Was it a misunderstanding or an abundance of caution? (laughs) Can't be both. Now I'm going to start doing, I'm just going to start listing a bunch of possibilities whenever I'm explaining something and you (laughs) could just pick which one you like best. It's a fun Mad Lib. Yeah, they were, they were like, it wasn't, you know, we didn't have to shut the whole shit down, but I guess it didn't hurt. The Mediterranean, it was a Mediterranean recluse spider. Anything that's scientifically named recluse is not a friend. <laughs> like, right. That is not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess they like enjoy living in like basements and boiler rooms and, you know, just uh, all of the places that I'm never going anyway. So that's that's fine by me. Out of sight, out of mind. I did. I'm just like having a visceral. I can feel my body like tightening. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's about... take breaths. Take deep breaths. <laughs> thinking about there was a time in college uh because there was like this kind of grassy woodsiness right outside of my dorm window Mm -hmm. and i lived on the first floor and there was a a big like hairy spider that ran across my floor and Mm. i have nightmares about that spider oh god Um, and the fact that that was just the one that i saw I do love that, like, this is a university, so they were able to just kind of, like, call up a biology professor and be like, can you come (laughs) look at these spiders and tell us? 
<laughs> what they are. It was probably that biologist's like most exciting day of the year. Yeah. This is my, this is my, uh, this is their like, is there a doctor in the house? And they can actually for the first <laughs> time be like, yes, there is. Because <laughs> technically they're a doctor I and mean, everyone for the, or their whole life is like, you're not a real doctor, you nerd. No <laughs> one's asking for your help on anything. There is no emergency in which you would be called for. So chill. And now this time they're like, Look well, 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 <laughs> how the tables have turned. <laughs> Guess what? You better evacuate this building because this spider will kill us all. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, the, the spider professor was like, yeah, they can cause some pretty big damage from minor skin irritation to tissue death, which I do not like the sound of. I don't like the sound of that either. It does apply to you because you always have tissues like in your nooks and crannies. Yeah. Famously, I shove Kleenex and other tissue just kind of in my thigh gap uh, mm -hmm. when I'm sitting down and then I forget about it and I stand up and it falls down and a dog gets it. And then mm -hmm. uh, my mom tries to get it from the dog's jaws and then the, the dog bites my mom and then she right. blames me yep. and then she starts to cry. And it's like a yep. whole thing that definitely mm -hmm. happened multiple times when I was home in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. tissue death. <laughs> and finally, authorities in Arizona have accused a man of faking his own kidnapping, binding his own wrists, gagging himself, and inventing a story of hidden treasure in the desert, all to get out of work for a month. Hero. 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 We should hire this person. The imagination, the dedication, yeah. the commitment. It's all there. It's just not being used in the right occupation. This is an entire Disney Pixar film. This is your next <laughs> big hit. Okay. People go to school to learn this type of like scripting mm -hmm. and, and this props. man pulled it out. Right. Stunts. He, he did stage design. He did set design. He did uh, costumes. Acting. He sold it, except he actually did not sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in a statement, police said that this 19 year old uh, guy admitted that during an interview with detectives that he made up the kidnapping story. This mm. is though, I never believe... Oh, you admitted it during a police interview? Well. Was there a lawyer present? We've all seen Waking a Murderer. Yeah. Okay. Was there a lawyer? Did you get read your Miranda rights? Miranda Hobbs? Do you think that's why they named her Miranda and made her a lawyer? I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've groaned out loud at the wordplay on Sex and the City in the past two weeks. Did they name much. Carrie Carrie because she carries a lot of shopping bags? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> here's what I don't understand. The police show up because someone called them and said, hey, we found a man. They get there and uh, the guy's still bound and gagged. Like, can you imagine finding a person and being like, I just uh, I'm not even going to touch him until the police get here. You just leave someone tied up. I mean, COVID. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just like. <laughs> I just love the idea of this person being like, I'm just going to kind of just stay right here and not touch. <laughs> Even though now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, I probably would do that. Yeah. What, who are you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> I don't want to touch anybody. The guy eventually told officers that he had been out on an errand when two masked men abducted him, struck him in the back of the head and knocked him unconscious. According to the department, he told investigators that he had been kidnapped because his father had a large amount of money hidden throughout the desert. So these kidnappers were like looking for his father's hidden money. Okay, mm -hmm. tolls much? Let's let's see. You're going to have a bunch of uh, juvenile delinquents come and dig you a bunch of uh, even six foot by six foot holes throughout the <laughs> desert? Anyway, uh, after days of investigating, detectives couldn't verify any of his account. There was no, he didn't get checked into a hospital anywhere. There was no like security camera footage of any of this. Um, so eventually they concluded that his story was fabricated. No kidnapping or assault occurred. But again, I don't know. Uh, we're just taking their word for it. But it sounds like they might be covering something up and there might be treasure hidden in the Arizona desert. I believe it. 
Time to start digging. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash for that and so much more. Next up, we're diving deep into our emails. But her emails. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Uh, listen, everybody's been doing emails. They just, they can't get enough of this stuff. Okay? It doesn't matter that the pandemic has been going on for almost a full year now. Or that I stopped being able to read six months ago. Everybody <laughs> just keeps sending me their stupid little emails and expecting me to reply to them. And it turns out everybody needs reminding of what a proper email should contain. Because my my inbox is full of absolute fail. And I actually cannot and frankly, in fact, I won't not be accepting these trash emails anymore. So this week, let's dive deep into some of the worst email behavior. Oh, no. First of all, the hours of emailing are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, excluding weekends and holidays. Other exclusions may apply. If I get a single message outside of the legal email window, you're getting spam filtered. Yeah. You thought you play fast and loose with the rules. Well, now you can have fun with the erectile dysfunction emails. And you... Barreled Elizabeth Finkel (laughs) sent a work email last Friday night at 6.49 p.m. And I just wanted to take this uh, opportunity to publicly admonish you for what I consider an act of violence. Okay. Shame. 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 (laughs) Is it a shame (laughs) bell? (laughs) I just... Gmail. Doesn't Gmail now... Gmail... Uh, don't, don't they have a built-in feature where you can schedule your, uh, yes. e- email? Yeah. You can. I just, a lot of people have tricks. There's a lot of these productivity websites, a lot of business websites that try to tell you here's the most effective time to send an email. Guess what? If you're sending it outside of these hours of business, I'm not looking at mm-hmm. it. Not even in the morning when I get into the office, it goes right into the trash. <laughs> I still, it would probably be better for my mental health if I turned off my email notifications on my phone. You have email notifications on your phone? Yeah, I just never look at them. I, as someone who has to email you, that blows my fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what what we should clarify right at the top is that most of this is just behavior that Barry gets mad at me for exhibiting. (laughs) Well, yeah, it surprises me because you rarely respond to emails. But also, like, why do that to yourself? I don't have notifications on and I have to be on my email all the time. To be clear, I think it's just that I don't really get that many emails. I know. And now I get so many. I've just let my inbox get out of control to the point where I have so many nonsense emails from newsletters and shit that I'm... I'm, It's like... It's just like white noise, yeah, all of it. Yeah, you should just get a work email instead of having them both be the same. Yeah, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Guess what's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Next, don't send me any email that says just circling back on this. Okay. Oh, oh you're just circling back. Well, keep on circling, Dora. I'll see you on the next time around. If you send me an email that requires my response... I assure you, it's sitting in my inbox, absolutely burning a hole in my insides. <laughs> I think about it all day, along with the 100 other things that I've been ignoring in my life that eat away at me. I don't need you to remind me that I haven't replied yet. And guess what? Bumping up this email is just going to send me into a further spiral. It's better that you just let it sit there until the guilt consumes me entirely and I'm forced to reply or else I'll die. That's fair. And don't you dare say just kindly following up on this. There is nothing kind about following up. It's harassment is what it is. You're harassing me. These things take time. An email reply from me, it's like one of those bonsai trees. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's got to grow. It's got to have space and time, sometimes weeks or even mm-hmm, months. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of care, <laughs> a lot of detail orientation. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, you know, I'm not just going to reply. I'm not just going to like splooge out reply. It's got to take, it's got to, I have to tend to it behind the scenes. And by kindly following up, you just ruined the vibe. You killed the spirit. You, you murdered my bonsai tree. It is dead. So don't kindly follow up on anything because you're you're getting a big old fuck you from this house. <laughs> also, I don't want to get any email that starts with nice to e-meet you. Oh, I'm definitely guilty of this. <laughs> chill out, smart house. Okay, you haven't e-met shit. Because <laughs> it's always, oh, nice to e-meet you. And then before you know it, it's, oh, sorry to e-bother you. Can I ask you uh, for, for a quick little e-favor? No, (laughs) you don't know me. We don't know each other. I won't hear it. I also, this is like semi-related. I want us as a society, as a culture to move away from emails being formatted based on letter writing. Mm -hmm. Like most email addresses have our name in it. We don't need to do it like, hey, hi, hey there, dear, blah, 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 comma, enter and then starting a paragraph like why can't we just send them more like we send texts you know what I mean especially when it's like replying in a thread over and over again we don't need to say hi every fucking time right we just don't we know we're both emailing yeah that is I think the initial email is is always like the most kind of formal but then when you're just replying to stuff it's like just chill. Just reply. I don't want to be the person to not start the email with hi, you know, like someone else has to do it. And then we mm-hmm. all follow suit. Why don't we just all agree that that's how we start it? You know, get to the point. Next, don't reply to any email I send with maybe we can hop on the phone and chat about this. Why don't you put your message in a little bottle and shove it up your asshole? <laughs> Since we're just throwing out crazy (laughs) ideas that nobody wants to do. Chatting on the phone as a response to a text message, an email, psychotic (laughs) behavior. Okay? I don't want to ever talk on the phone. And frankly, if you suggest it, we're enemies. (laughs) Next! Every possible ending to an email is just offensive to me personally. This gets at, you know, the letter issue. Yes. There's no right way to end an email without me being like, okay, so we're in a fight. Like... (laughs) best best is how you sign off when you want someone to know that you're like not afraid to slash their tires (laughs) okay don't you dare cheers (laughs) we're not at a fucking bar right guess what i don't see sam and diane anywhere i don't know anything about cheers never seen a single (laughs) episode of that show also my least favorite is thanks so much in advance Mm -mm. or honestly just thanks it's just like don't (laughs) thank me unless i've already agreed to do what you're demanding what we're not going to do is make presumptions assumptions suppositions okay (laughs) i i call your thanks in advance and i raise you a i'll see what i can do that's that's what i say next any email that doesn't contain at least one exclamation point is a threat. I don't know when it happened, but using a period after a sentence is now considered a declaration of war, according to the 1864 Geneva Conventions. We're, we're just all in this terrible trap. And I'm in it. I uh, use an exclamation point after absolutely anything, and I don't know how to get out of it. But unfortunately, exclamation points are now the only way to end a sentence or else we're in a fight. And there's this whole thing that like genders it too, where it's like women have to use more exclamation points because otherwise they seem like they're being like bossy or whatever. But I think that just everyone should use exclamation points because no matter the gender, anyone who emails me without exclamation points, I obviously think they're mad at me and then I cry. So right. <laughs> why can't everyone just show some enthusiasm in their speech via the exclamation point? Yeah. I don't know if it's just that I've been out of like an office setting for so many years now that I am not used to like corporate kind of emailing patterns. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, the office job that I had was at BuzzFeed where <laughs> nobody was professional anyway. So <laughs> next. 
Uh, I hate a no subject bitch. Okay. Oh, you think your time is so valuable. You think you're so important with, with your cut to the chase attitude. We're just going to jump right into things, aren't we? <laughs> Can't even be bothered to hit me with the highlight up top. Show some fucking effort, okay? Do something with your life. Don't just stick your email into me dry. Just lube a girl up first, okay? Do you know what I mean? Set the scene. But also, frankly, I think all emails should just be a bullet-pointed list. Yes. I feel like I can hear... Uh, you know, the scholars who listen to Unhappy Hour saying, oh, we're losing the written word. What about paragraphs? What about, you know, what about language? Matt, aren't you a writer? Didn't you go to journalism school? Don't you want people to read? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to read anything. I will dumb it down. Okay. If you're sending me paragraphs, oh, baby, I, I'm not reading all of that. I don't care if there are details that need explaining, extra jokes that you want to make, you know, the beauty of language you want to explore. I'm going to need you to edit down. <laughs> also, other types of emails. I don't want to get any email that tells me I have to do something if it requires me to open up another window. And what I'm talking about specifically is banks, credit card companies, doctor offices. I've had enough of them sending me a whole email just to be like, oh, you have a message in, in the message center. Log <laughs> on to read it now. This is my message center. Okay. Right. You reach the message center. Leave your fucking message right here. I'm not about <laughs> to open a whole other website just because you tickled me with, a, with a, a little teaser. Especially not when that message is that I owe you money. Oh, you're going to tell me my credit card payment is due, but not show me how much I owe in the body of the email. So I have to open up an app and then see what my balance is and be confronted with that horror. <laughs> no. Guess who's not getting paid today, girls? You. <laughs> and on that note, finally, I don't want to see any email containing a bill. Okay. Don't send a bill to my inbox. I prefer to get a bill in the mail from the post person so that I can sit on the countertop unopened for several weeks, okay? <laughs> I don't need to go into the same inbox where I conduct all of my erotic pen palling and then see the fact that I owe someone money. No bill emails and frankly, no emails, period. A Men. This has been my manifesto. <laughs> Manifesto, if you will. Wow. New segment? <sighs> yes. So do you think we should start an unhappy hour newsletter after all this? <laughs> <laughs> Guess who will be writing that? Not me. <laughs> and that's it for this week's deep dive. Next, we have got the Margaret Cho on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. My guest complainer today is the legendary Margaret Cho. I, I will use the word legendary. You've done it all. Podcast, film, TV, music, uh, fashion, all of the above. We're so honored to have you. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. And this is, which one is this one? This one is... We have cats. Sacre cats in the picture. Sacre, Sacre Coeur, who's just, she's the one that always walks across the keyboard and turns everything off. I uh, I don't have any animals in my apartment. Well, that I that I care for personally. You know, there might be mm-hmm. stuff skittering around. We have no idea. But <laughs> there are it's times like these that I regret it. I would love to have an, a, a cat run across my my laptop. There's a couple of them. There's a couple. There's two cats and a Chihuahua, and they're at an in an uneasy truce. Uh huh. Because they're all babies, but it's it's really fun, but it's definitely uh, Muppet babies up in here. <laughs> I guess that that <laughs> keeps it exciting. It does. Well, we like to start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Tiramisu. Wow. I okay. Hate tiramisu, <laughs> but there's reasons why. Yes. I find it delicious. Okay. And I always want to eat it after dinner, but then it keeps me up all night because it's coffee. Right, right. It's unclear. I feel like I've finally gotten a grip on like how much energy a cup of coffee will give me, like how many milligrams of caffeine mm-hmm. are in a cup of coffee. And yeah, yeah, you can't gauge that in a slice of tiramisu. Well, also, it's usually at the end of a meal, at a late meal, mm-hmm. like a European meal, like served at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. And then so you get the tiramisu around 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always want to eat it because I'm always down for it. But then I'm up all night in my uh, Airbnb or wherever. Right. Freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have coffee at night. I can drink it in the morning, which I love. Uh-huh. So tiramisu should be a breakfast dish, but it's never served for breakfast. Right. Uh, we can change that. I feel like that we could start. Yeah. We could start the rebrand or like decaf tiramisu. That's what we need. <laughs> but it's so good with the. Um, it's like cappuccino, espresso, all of the different ways you can make it, mm-hmm. and then it's just like I don't really care about the calories. I care about the caffeine. It makes me stay up forever. And also it gives me a kind of real weird sweaty anxiety. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm learning that, too. I don't know if it's just been because I'm, you know, constantly on edge these days uh, or mm. if my relationship with caffeine is just getting a little too unhealthy. But there is a fine line between yeah. being energized and being out of your fucking mind with coffee. <laughs> And I straddle that line. I feel like a long range trucker. Yeah, I feel like um, an ice road trucker Uh that's up all night. Like, I feel like it's like for me, it's like meth because it's sugar, it's caffeine, it's chocolate, it's cake. Uh It's well, lady fingers. Right. But my dad still to this day loves a cup of black coffee after especially Dunkin's Donuts coffee. That stuff's strong. Yeah. Yeah, he loves that coffee in particular, and um, he loves to drink it after dinner. And like, very, it's very like um, sophisticated and adult. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think I should do it. I can't, I can't imbibe, and so I'm jealous and angry. And then, but I always order it. Right. I always order the tiramisu. Yeah, I uh, I made a tiramisu early in in the pandemic, and uh, it took uh, took about fourteen hours, but. It was worth it. Ooh. I made my own lady fingers. Did you lady bake the fingers? lady fingers? Yeah, from scratch. Oh. I got wow. real. I went all Italian, all in. Because I'm Italian, that but I, I always say I'm Chef Boyardee Italian. Like, my family is, <laughs> <laughs> our sauce comes from a can. It's not that fancy. Mm. But I'm trying to lean into it, my Italianness. Well, how has your year been? How has uh, the pandemic been? How have you been holding up? You know, it's different degrees of uh, happiness Mm -hmm. and insanity (laughs) in that, like, I just, you know, I've never spent this much time in my house for the last 35 years, but I have a a nice place to live. I live alone. Well, I live with these animals Mm -hmm. and um, they're the best. It was just me and my dog. And then I got the cats about a month ago. And this is like really fun, but it's also... I'm like, well, who am I if I don't do stand-up comedy? Yeah. You know, it's a, because stand-up comedians are not necessarily just able to just not do comedy. You know, everybody can sort of like maybe work from home. We can't really. I mean, we can to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like we can do like podcasts. We can do um, streaming shows, which is great. But I really, I haven't done a stand-up comedy show 
in almost a year and it's very weird. Yeah. So I realize a lot of my personality is about that. Right, right. Yeah, that is the that is the thing about uh, I guess quarantine is everyone's confronted with. Oh, it turns out that that thing that I was doing every day was an integral part of my personality that is now just gone right. for the past twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Have you gotten have Have you done anything unexpected in the uh, in the last twelve months? Um, I have been, um, well, cleaning because that's just all there is to do, but mm-hmm. that, that's a whole nother thing unto itself. And, um, I mean, I do have a sourdough starter. Um, his name is Sunho. It's the Nancy Silverton sourdough starter with grapes uh-huh. mixed with like a traditional sourdough starter. So I have two that I blended into one and then I, it's through the pandemic, I, be, I had been feeding him every day. He had this pride of place in my kitchen where it was like constantly 71 degrees. Uh And then I just was like, you know what? He's got to go to daycare. (laughs) Like I put him in boarding school in the refrigerator because I can't with this Erdo starter and the animals who eat raw. Right. Which is a whole nother (laughs) like (laughs) crazy. Yeah. And um, trying to uh, plants, they all die. All the plants died. That I tried to have, so I can't do. I it. don't know how people do it. I mean, I guess it's water and care for them, but I just that sounds like too much effort. <laughs> keeping it alive is hard. Yeah. No, it's it's also like keeping it alive and being aware of it and doing the right things for it. Right, right. Uh, at this point, I'm lucky if I it's shower and clothe myself. So if the the less I have to do for others in in this mm-hmm. house, the yes. better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I do is if I get dick, I'll use the bidet. Sure, sure. That's about, <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I did just get um, one of the bidets that you attach, the, the Tushy bidet. They they do sponsor oh, the show. is it great? So it's, this is my first experience with the bidet. And, uh, oh, yes. It's uh, it, the, the first blast was a little shocking. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Yeah. And, the, and the, the more I use, it, I think I'm like building up the callus a little bit. And um, oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm a big fan. Big fan. I love it. I mean, I love it. I've had a bidet in this house. Well, I've been here for 20 years and I had the same bidet here for 20 years. And then my parents have all the fancy Japanese ones because mm-hmm. they um, go to Japan and they bring them home and they attach them. And they're so nice. Those mine only has just the water function right. in the basin, but theirs has like air, music, um, water sounds. If you want to cover up a sound, uh-huh. it's different pressure of like if it's a jet or if it's just a, a babbling brook. Right. It's depending on the mood that you're in. <laughs> you might be in a different mood, you know. Sometimes it, you might not want a, a harsh um, ho- the hose it down. You might want to just like you know, a spray, a mist. Yeah. And walk your ass into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is truly like these are the most exciting things that are happening uh, these days. So, mm-hmm. like, you have to celebrate mm-hmm. the, the the small things. And if that's, you yes. know, having a cleaner asshole, then that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I mean, um, that and cooking, which I think it kind of goes hand in hand with that. But I, I have been cooking a lot. And I learned how to cook Thai food, mm-hmm. which is... Um, really fun i actually even have a mortar and pestle that i have to wear a skirt and uh sit on low to the ground and put the 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 mortar between my legs and like the baseball bat like it it is so it to me it's like the most asian i've ever been is in a skirt on the ground with the pestle between my legs you know Uh pounding I yeah there are there are certain things in cooking cuz I've been baking a lot and there are some things like kneading things that require way much more effort than I anticipated. Like the, my it's arms are genuinely either I'm like so weak in the upper body or or this shit is tough because I I break a sweat. It's tough. Yeah. It's very tough. I don't have a KitchenAid so when I make the bread I have to really knead it and um it's it's physically challenging to do that. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I mean, I feel like I I went into this pandemic being like, you know, okay, I do podcasts, I do comedy, and coming out of it, uh, hopefully, if we come out of it, I'm like, I'm I'm a full blown baker now. Like, this is my identity. This is what I do professionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So 
That's this is where this is where we're both at. It sounds like. I mean, because we have to do something. Because if we're not doing comedy, it's like, who are we? Right. What do we? What are we worth? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like a comedian not doing comedy, it's like, what is your life purpose? That's what I think. Yeah. Maybe this. I I haven't quite thought out this question, but do you do you feel funny right now? Like, have you felt funny and you just don't have an outlet for it? And I ask that because. I, I've, there are days where I'm just like, I just don't feel like being funny today. I can't muster it. Or it's like, um, I don't even know what being funny is because there's nobody to see it. So Mm -hmm. it's like a tree falls in the forest thing of like, (laughs) is this funny or is this just funny to me? Or is this a joke? I don't even know. Like, it's like, we have no perspective because we have no mirror or no, um, no focus from somebody else to sort of tell us, oh, yeah, that's funny. And usually that's kind of the way it is anyways. Like, I don't even realize that anything is funny mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and then I'll just like present it and then people perceive it as funny. But not that's never my intention even. Like, right. it's just like, oh, oh, OK. You know, I don't even know. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. In the other aspect of it, someone just sent me a, a tweet uh, that was like, it, it's important to remember right now that everybody you talk to is out of their fucking minds right now. Like, <laughs> and right. so it, it is like, right. it's hard to gauge whether something, even if you're uh, tweeting or doing something on Instagram, it's hard to tell whether something is actually hitting and working because it's like everybody is fucking out of it right now. Like we're all losing it. We're all losing it, but at least we're all losing it at the same time, which is the one, I guess it's the one comfort is that everybody is needing a kind of self-care. Everybody's needing a kind of reassurance Mm -hmm. that it's going to get better. Things are going to change and we're going to be okay. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I, I, I feel like we're all, that's the hope, at least. We're all sort of like buying into yeah. the idea that we're all going to get back to normal. Ugh. But we'll yeah. see, you know. <laughs> we'll see. At least we have technology. I mean, wh- what if this happened in the 90s where we would have to be like making zines and writing them all out by <laughs> hand and then right, mailing yeah, them? Thank God I, I, I would not have, I would not have been able to do that. For sure. No. I would have tapped no, out No, I couldn't early. even do it in the 90s. <laughs> I, I, I like reading zines, but I could never make one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I thought about that, about the 1918 pandemic. And it was like, what What did they do? You didn't have Netflix. You didn't have anything to distract. Like, you you sewed. I guess they were probably making bread, too. So They were baking bread. Yeah. They were probably, um, I don't know, they were probably... Uh, well, fighting for the right to vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a different time. So they were like not even thinking about things like streaming. It just wasn't <laughs> possible for them. Movies right. didn't even really exist that much. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It just started. I'm sure, you know, the next pandemic, 100 years from now, they'll be saying the same thing about us. Like About us. <laughs> like, how did they do these Zoom? Zoom? You right. know, they'll like find old screenshots from Zooms and they'll be like, <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> they didn't have sex holograms <laughs> they did i wish they had sex holograms that would be great yeah yeah at some point if if nobody's gonna invent it with all this time on their hands we, we probably never will so yeah. we'll see we'll find out yeah. in the next year if they made it work yes i hope so you have some live shows coming up though right you're gonna or you've you've sort of been doing some virtual stuff Yes, um, I did one, a big one on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll, I'll continue to do them. I don't know exactly when now, but it'll be a, a recurring thing. I mean, I have a pretty strong um, voiceover career, too, in animation. My movie, Over the Moon, which is the first big Asian-American mm-hmm. animated feature, is on Netflix, and it's up for a Golden Globe. And so then there's a lot of like different animated shows that I've been doing which is great, mm-hmm. but it's also something that is like, oh, it's so weird. You know, I don't know when I'll be up. I mean, when do you think we can do comedy again? I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think of, of that because I'm all I've been doing a couple of virtual things and mm-hmm. it's weird to say like, OK, we'll be we'll do uh, something similar next month and the month after that. And it's I don't like thinking of virtual as a thing that's going to be around much longer 
But it kind of you kind of have to plan for that. Yeah. I don't know, but there's an art to it. You know, there's there's a way to do it. it it's like the figuring out how to do that really well, I think is going to be a good um, a, a good project. And and so I've been doing them pretty consistently over the last year. And um, I think it's, it's really fun. There's ways to make it really exciting and fun for ourselves, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. A, you did a Valentine's Day show that was sort of giving out um, dating advice. Lots of sex advice uh-huh. um, and a lot of like relationship advice and also influenced. Uh, I was influenced a lot by last year. I hosted the first virtual Folsom Street Fair, which uh. is the largest BDSM festival in the world. And right. One that I regularly attend, which is on Folsom Street in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But this time they went online. And so I, it was the first time that I got to see all of the um, applicants and all the performers. And there there's so many new fetishes that I <laughs> couldn't believe. Like there was a guy that was like all done up in duct tape uh-huh. in like an outfit he made out of silver duct tape. And then he just was like sticking and unsticking himself <laughs> inside of the tape. Uh-huh. And it was a little bit ASMR, but it was also like hair removal, but it was also kind of UPS slash Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. Kind of <laughs> it was very like box. <laughs> right, right. Box. It was really the <laughs> box cutter and box kink. Then there was another one where, uh, speaking of plants, it was they were using cactus for pain play. So instead of leather, it's like cruelty free, cruelty free, cruelty. Right, right, right. So cactus spines, succulents, prickling, and it was really amazing. <laughs> you know, they were like in a greenhouse. I was really moved by it. So just talking about all these new fetishes out there. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we're gonna emerge with a whole new slate of fetishes. Like at this point, my fetish is just seeing someone's mm. lips. Like I I yeah, the, in the yes. wild, seeing someone's teeth for the first time is going to be titillating. I know, but there's a lot that um, to me really reminds me of the last pandemic, which for, in my mind, was AIDS. Mm. And with AIDS, what happened was that we couldn't fluid bond with sex. So that's how BDSM became such a big phenomenon, because people were looking for ways to be intense and intimate without um, putting themselves at risk, or if they were HIV positive, putting other people at risk, you know, and that kind of thing was really a valuable lesson to be learned. And so there's a lot of joy and goodness that can come out of restriction mm-hmm. that I think is, um, is important to, so I think that there's going to be a lot of intense, weird, uh, saliva-based, droplets-based fetishes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Coming out of this. I, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> uh, yes. You have a, a long list of things that we, we haven't talked about that you hate so i wanted i yes. want to chat about as many of them as we can um beer i hate beer just all beer uh, <laughs> well okay this is this is why i have to quantify i've never had a beer <laughs> okay so you just but, ruled it out uh, before you even tried it i just it. ruled it out and um i don't drink alcohol anymore but mm-hmm. uh i always thought there was something strange about it because people i just want an ice cold beer or a guinness which is warm uh-huh it just seemed like you're drinking bread. Right. <laughs> or something pre-digested. There's like yeast and and grain that's pre-digested somehow. There's and the foaminess of it, I, I don't know. It freaked me out. Yeah. I just never had a beer. Maybe my experience, because I, I feel like I am uh, just expected to be culturally opposed to beer as, uh, you know, a homosexual, or it's just like, oh, you can't, uh, you know, you can't get a beer. I I have to order Mm -hmm. uh, a cocktail at the bar. But Mm -hmm. my experience with beer is all the horrible, like American, it's essentially water that I'm drinking. Um, Yeah. The idea of an Irish, like, stout that is thick, like it's physically thick when you drink it is disgusting to me. It's like a shake. It's right. like an alcoholic. <laughs> it's a solid it's like a shake, but not it's not sweet. It, there's just something off about it. I I don't like any sort of brown liquor either. I don't like whiskey or bourbon mm. or anything cuz it just gives me a headache. Yeah. So I like something like I'd like a, a vodka mm-hmm. or something that's very um it, it seems more like a easier to assimilate to my body. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's going to give me a headache. Yeah. 
You had a couple about like facial, like exfoliants. It's it, because it's like you can't, if you start, you can't stop. Uh-huh. And then if you don't start, it's like the thing. But then it's like when you use a retinol, you have to use a sunscreen. I mean, you should always use a sunscreen anyway, but this intensifies the need for it. Mm -hmm. So because if you like melt anything off your face, you've got to put something to protect it. So then you can't even go in the sun. And it's like a very, to me, it's like, it's, it's so much of a cycle that you cannot stop doing. And so I hate any kind of exfoliation because Koreans also, uh, we have this thing about exfoliation where they'll tear off the first layer of skin. If you go to a Korean spa and you get a scrub, everything's gone because they think that the epidermis is dirty by it's just nature of it being skin. Mm -hmm. So they just rub it all off and it's really scary. Yeah, I I'm too afraid to do any anything stronger than like, you know, a washcloth because I, it is yeah. my skin is that sensitive that like I'll bleed like I'll my skin will straight up peel right off. But I guess yeah. that's the and point sometimes. The, Koreans try to get that to the base layer uh -huh. to the dermis and it's not going to happen unless it's like, you know, road rash. Like you it's a very much like um it's so abrasive and it's a kind of it's almost like a weird Protestant Christian kind of like idea of cleanliness. Like we have original sin and we've got to clean it all off. Right. And it's really, it, to me, it's just not, I don't like it. Yeah. Literally scraping stuff off of you. Uh, yeah. No good. No. No good. And this one I, I saved um, because I feel like it is the, the most aggressive chicken nuggets. Because it's, it, this is like, to me, they're so good and you keep eating mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. But okay, then you're like, what am I eating exactly? <laughs> what is this? Like, right, right. What is, what is this? I mean, a chicken tender is probably better, but a chicken nugget is like, what is this? There's no real understanding of what is this ground chicken? Uh -huh. I don't know. The, the meat is very, it's strange because it's like not recognizable as meat. That's just how processed is it? But it's so, I want to eat them all. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, that is true that the, the, the tender is still kind of like identifiably chicken, but a nugget is, yeah. that could be anything. I mean, I think what it is, is this, it's just chicken parts. And then I got way too far in like trying to cook where I went to Chinatown and I got a whole bird and tried to um, dismantle it. And then I couldn't, and it was like too overwhelming. And then like it had the head and right. the feet. And I was like, I, I had to take it outside. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. And then I went back to the same Chinatown place. So I asked for one that was cut up. Because I thought, well, I'll just get the chicken body, then I can deal with it. But it came in, and I had the chicken body, but it had two heads. And I was like, this is really fucked up. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. And then I had to put the heads outside. Yeah. I'm just trying, you know, I, I, I really I have a hard time facing the reality of meat. Right. Me too. Yeah. The only way I can really do it is if I just completely separate. Like, it's just real cognitive dissonance that has to happen. Because, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the more I'm confronted with the fact that it used to have a face, I can't do it. It's awful. But then you see, like, the chicken head and the eyes are closed and it just looks really sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have two heads and it's like, I'm like, I'm a monster. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll think about that now. So <laughs> good. Good. Um, well, yeah, I think we're just about out of time. I I didn't want to get too gushy in the beginning, but uh thank you so much for doing this. Uh I, I don't know thank if you remember, you. you came to BuzzFeed like five years ago I when I when I yes. worked there. Yeah. And you told me you yes. were the you were the one that was like, have you thought about doing stand-up? You should do stand-up. And I really hadn't before then. And yeah. um yeah. I I yeah, I think about that so much. And that was really like it was oh, very good. very helpful in, in pushing me and getting me to do it. I'm so glad. So thank you. Thank you. Well, good. And now we're here. Five years later. Yes. And we will do stand up again. Some someday some soon. Yeah, exactly. Sometime. We'll get there. <laughs> well, thank yes. you so much. Before uh before we let you go, where what should people go check out right now? Um, people can see Over the Moon on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, which is there. Um, I uh, have an Instagram. It's Margaret underscore Cho. I have um, 
Twitter, Margaret Cho. Uh, MargaretCho.com is where all my things are. My things, my things. And uh, yeah, I'm doing different things that um, may come out at some point. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I hope uh, I hope we get to see one another in person again sometime I hope soon. So. We shall. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make the world a little bit better. This week, I wanted to highlight the Trans Justice Funding Project. So basically, over the last month, there have been like a really scary, seemingly coordinated effort across at least seven states to pass anti-trans bills in state legislatures. It's like all of these different states are introducing anti-trans legislation. Um, And a lot of times it's like there's one group that will like kind of write a template and then all of these people just kind of copy the template and then try to pass it in their state. Um, And so there's at least seven states right now where the bills are actually getting like hearings or votes this week. And of course, there's plenty of other states where there just uh, is legislation that's not necessarily getting a hearing or a vote, but it's still under consideration. So it's really scary. So the really enraging thing also is that polls show that most people don't want this to happen. They don't like this. Even Trump voters are like, um, you know, there, there's like a human rights campaign poll that was like, no, we don't care about this. Nobody wants this to happen. Or at least a huge, huge majority of people don't want this to happen. So it's just cruel, especially considering trans people, particularly trans people of color, trans women of color, remain among the most disadvantaged and discriminated against. So it really is more important now than ever uh, to help out trans folks. And the Trans Justice Funding Project is just one group, but uh, they spread funds to grassroots organizations that support trans people in communities all across the country. So if you're looking for one spot uh, to give some money that spreads it around to a whole bunch of other spots, this is a good one. So you can go to the link in our show notes and give them some money if you can and help support trans folks. All right, let's go on to what TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Haven't really been watching anything new, still on that Northern Exposure train, but I did want to mention that I saw Minari, which was so beautiful, so good, and I wanted to talk about it because it wasn't just like the straight to video also in theaters and you rent it. You had to actually buy tickets for a specific day. And then you could start watching it between the hours of 7 and 11 and you had four hours to watch it. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really done something like that before in this virtual life we all live in now. And I really enjoyed it. It felt like it was more of an event and like we, we like had to have dinner done at a certain time and it was fun. And it was also just a really, really beautiful movie. So that is what I've been watching this week. Lovely. What about you? Uh, I don't think I've said yet that I, or at least as as part of my chasers, that I've been rewatching Sex and the City. Ooh. Yeah. I watched it, I think, when I first moved to New York. That was the first time that I saw it, which was when I was 21. So it's been a while, almost 10 years now. And it definitely hits different, A, being older, but it also, like, makes me miss New York, even though I'm here. So much. Yeah. But just like seeing them do all of the things that I want to be doing. Um, yep. Going outdoors, like going indoors, going to bars, <laughs> like all of these things. Uh, I just, yeah. Yeah. Mostly it's not even like the bars and the sex scenes. It's the like when they're eating at a restaurant <laughs> indoors <laughs> or at a bakery. That's what I'm jealous of most. <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> I know, I know. Anytime there are at brunch, it just hurts. Yeah, yeah. So I finished my rewatch. I got to the oh, end. Wow. Um, and now I'm going to watch the movies, which are famously terrible. but So bad. <laughs> and then um, I've also been watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK, which I do Ooh. have to watch with captions because <laughs> they are unintelligible otherwise. But I think I might actually like the UK version this season better. Wow. So... There's a lot of drag happening right now. 
because both seasons are happening at once. So I probably am going to go watch that right after this. Uh, What's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser, I've got two real quick ones. One is sledding. Sledding as an adult still just as thrilling <laughs> as when you're a kid. What have you gone sledding? <laughs> well, because I'm in New Hampshire and yesterday there's this massive hill right by Alex's family's house. Uh-huh. And then it like goes into a second hill that is, it's so steep that when you're going, like it looks like a cliff. Like it every single time I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> but like in a fun way, I also was like, this is the closest I've gotten to being back on a roller coaster since last year, which by the time this comes out, it will have been a year since we went to Disneyland. <laughs> Amazing. It, yeah. Which was the last time I was truly happy. Uh, but yeah, so if you're an adult and you've you've had the urge to go sledding, let me just tell you, do it. It's really fun. And my other non-TV chaser is that I got new glasses. Yes, the audience must notice and must compliment because I now also have a new personality, which is great for any of the people who have reviewed our show and said, get Barry off of this shit. Well, guess what? (laughs) New glasses, new personality. So everyone wins. And I'm very pleased to have a, a new pair of glasses in my rotation. They are amazing. They're beautiful. Thank you so much. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser? I feel like I might have used this as a chaser before, but hey, if it works, then keep doing it. But I have been a fan of making like very elaborate desserts. Mm-hmm. I like that it is something I can do where I'm not looking at my phone or a screen. And so the longer it, the recipe is sometimes, the better. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm distracted for hours at a time. Can I go buy this thing in a, a bakery for $5 and save hours of my life? Absolutely. Is that fun? Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make it myself and be proud of it. I've been making brioche. Oh, oh, I had some of your brioche. And even though it was several days old, it was still one of the best things I've ever eaten. It was so good. I don't know if I truly understood what brioche was before. Like, I've always heard that word used in restaurants, like a brioche French toast. And I'm like, okay, it's just a fancy French toast. And now I'm like, okay, now I understand brioche is bread that is baked with a shitload of butter in it (laughs) and a shitload of eggs. So it's like super rich and amazing. Mm. And you have to do it days in advance, but it tastes so good and it's so worth it. And This is who I am now. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want you to be any other way. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want even more Unhappy Hour shit, you can head straight to my Patreon page. You're going to get video of bonus Worst Things First stories cut from this episode. You're going to get video of extended guest complainer interviews and then a whole bunch of other fun stuff. And obviously, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button. Rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford Engwin, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. I don't really know what that song was. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>